0: We're on the first and the third uh, Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. We'll be teaching principles of the overcoming life. And tonight, the message will be entitled His Refuge My Hiding Place. You know, we all need a hiding place and we all need a place of refuge. And praise God, He is that refuge. And Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus and we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you're not a man, that you should lie, that your word is truth. And, Lord, we just ask that tonight that and today or whenever people are listening, Lord, that they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Lord, I just pray that, that I be a tree of life, that rivers of living water come forth from our innermost being. And, Lord, I just ask you to cover myself and Dorothy and uh, her family and my family with the blood of Jesus. And Lord, around every person that's listening to this message, cover them with the blood of Jesus. We bind every lying spirit, every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And Lord, we confess that you're the Lord, Master, and King, and that you are our refuge. And Lord, I just hold up the shield of faith to block every fiery dark coming against us and those who will be listening in. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you bring to my remembrance everything you've said. I ask you to release your word. I pray, Father, that you move upon every person with your mighty Holy Spirit, Lord. I ask you that your glory be manifested in every life. I pray, Lord, that Christ in me, the hope of glory, will flow out and touch the lives of every person who listens to this message. In Jesus' name, I praise you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. You're so wonderful, wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, uh, the Great I Am, the Ruler of the Universe, the Commander-in-Chief of all the Armies of Heaven. Lord, I thank you that you're our shield, our rock, and our fortress in the name of Jesus. Lord, I take my seat in the heavenly places, and I bind Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits, in heavenly places from every person who's listening to this message. In the name of Jesus, you will not work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. In the name of Jesus, I pray a special covering of warrior angels over us to boomerang back on the enemy. Every curse and assignment sent against us. In the name of Jesus, not to kill them or harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. And Lord, I just bless you. I bless you and praise you and adore you, Lord. And you are so mighty in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. At the end of this program, uh, you can call in uh, to 646 595 4. Okay, just a minute. 595. 595- 784 and don't forget to press one and I'll be happy to pray for anyone who wants personal prayer and I appreciate you listening in I pray that the first and third Tuesdays of each month you'll listen in and have people uh, listen I appreciate those of you who support this ministry and support the ministry of Dorothy Carruthers who sponsors this program it's your gifts that help sustain us and we thank God that he is our provider And we pray that God meets your every need, your spiritual needs, and all the needs that you have to know God better. In the name of Jesus, I want to know him better every day. Every day, I want to overcome more. How many of you know that you're a work in progress? We're all a work in progress. But I trust that this message today will encourage you that God is your protector. God's refuge is more real than um, the room you're in, or the building you're in, or if you're driving in a car, his refuge is more real than that. You just cannot see it with your human eye. A Hebrew, the the Hebrew definition for refuge is an asylum, or receptacle, or refuge. Dictionary definition for asylum: Asylum is, is the protection uh, granted uh, by a nation to someone who's who's left there. Native country and of course There's people that are in um, Asylums that are In hospital asylum Mental places that's an asylum Um, But God is our refuge He is our asylum Um, Dictionary definition of receptacle Is an object Or space that is used To contain someone Dictionary definition Of refuge is a Condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble, something providing shelter. And I like to illustrate God's refuge, and I've done this many times if you've heard me teach. Uh, I like to illustrate God's refuge is like a big umbrella. And when you're under that umbrella, you're safe. But outside that umbrella is where the fiery darts fly. The scripture says in Psalms 91, "He who dwells in the secret place, that means live there and doesn't mean you just visit there occasionally. It means that's your dwelling place. Uh, he's your dwelling place and you're his dwelling place, and he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I take refuge. You're my shield. I'll not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. For a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it'll not come near me. I'll only look on with my eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Why? Because I have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high my habitation. No evil will befall me, nor will any plague come near my dwelling. Now, if evil is befalling me or if a plague is in my dwelling, I need to find out why, because that would be an area that I have not made God my refuge. And so when I'm under God's authority through submission to the Lordship of Jesus, through crucifying my flesh, you know, Paul said, I'm I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when I be like that grain of wheat in John 12 where it says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. So when we die to our life, die to our flesh, the life of Jesus comes through, and that's uh, a picture of me crucifying my flesh in order to be in the secret place. Now, if I'm outside of God's umbrella, that's where the fiery darts are flying. And I've discovered if I get hit in an area, there's something more God's trying to show me, an area that I have not made God my refuge. Psalms 91.2 says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalms 91.4 says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings You may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. Psalms 91, 9 says, For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your habitation, your dwelling place. You know, it's not just a place where I'm supposed to visit every now and then. It's a place where I'm supposed to live. That should be my address. And for me to stay in that secret place, I have to continually be putting to death the deeds of my flesh, denying myself, taking up my cross and following the Lord. A refuge is a place of safety and a shelter wherein we're protected from danger and distress. One illustration of a refuge is that of a shelter in which uh, we take cover during a storm. In Old Testament times, a cleft in a rock or in a cave was a good refuge. And in more modern times, uh, we have sophisticated underground bunkers where people can protect themselves. But God's refuge is greater than any human refuge because God is the king of the universe. The scripture says that if he's for us, he can be against us. A good refuge provides uh, protection from, for the vulnerable and peace for the distressed. And that's exactly the kind of refuge that God gives to those who trust in him and who make him our refuge. You know, we can trust ourselves and we can find a refuge in ourself. But the scripture says that when we do that, we're like the first white fig of summer. We fall into the eater's mouth. And so when we are in God's refuge, we're in a safe place. I'm gonna read this scripture in a little bit, but but it says when we're in God's refuge, the rainstorm of the wicked it's like a the the breath of the wicked, like the devil, is like a rainstorm against a wall. If you've ever been in a, a house, and I'm sure you have, where the rain is hitting the windows and the, and the walls, but you stay dry inside. So it's saying that when you're in God's refuge, the devil's breath, the devil, is like a rainstorm against a wall. It can't get to you. Now, if something gets to you, it's because God's allowing it to get to you, to teach you something, to purify and to refine your life. God is a refuge to his children That so much so that he protects them. There are approximately 45 references to God as a refuge in the book of Psalms alone, and of course in other places too. And needless to say, the fact that God protects his own is a truth he wants us to be comforted by. And it's a comfort to me to know that God says, if my ways please the Lord, it makes even my enemies to be at peace with me. And so, if there's something that's not, he's not pleased by, then um, he wants to expose that. He wants us, when we go through trials, to ask him what he's trying to teach us. You know, just recently, um, I took a nap and woke up and had a problem. And I was totally, totally yielded to the Lord when this happened. I couldn't think of an error, and I'm still a work in progress. I'm not saying that I'm not, but I'm saying as far as I could humanly know, I was totally yielded to the Lord, but God allowed this problem to take me into a higher level with him. The scripture tells us to count it all joy when we go through various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance, and the scripture says we have need of endurance, and after we've done the will of God, we'll receive what's promised. And so Psalm 41.10 says, I know God is pleased with me when the, my enemy is not shouting triumph over me. So we're going to go through troubles and we're going to go through trials, but the enemy's not going to shout triumph over us unless there's something that God's not pleased with. And if it, if it, it doesn't mean you're not going to get attacked. It just means that um, God is trying to show you something else that he wants to take you into a deeper walk with him. So praise God, he counted all joy. Psalms 11.1 1 says, the Lord is a refuge. How can you say to my soul? I'm sorry, let me back up. It says, in the Lord, I take refuge. So it's a choice that we have to make. It says, how can you say to my soul, flee to your mountain, your holy mountain? Uh, Psalms 11.2 11, 11, says, for behold, the wicked bend their bow. They make it ready, their arrow upon the string to shoot at the in darkness at the upright of, at heart and so the enemy is wanting to shoot at us but in god's refuge it's a shield he's a shield to those who walk in integrity psalm sixteen one says preserve me oh god for i take refuge in me in in you many people take refuge in themselves and that basically comes in through being born outside of god's refuge or having parents that don't protect you, so you become your own refuge. It says, "Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you." That means keep me alive, uh, or existing, uh, make lasting is what that word uh, "preserve" means. Psalm 70, 17, seven says, "Wondrously show your loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand, from the from those who." Uh, rise up against them. Psalms 25, 20 says, guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed for I take refuge in you. Psalm 30, verse five says, every word of God is tested. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. The word shield is used um, as a protection from blows and missiles. And y'all know what a shield looks like. It's usually a metal thing with straps on it. But God is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Psalm 31.1 says, In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. That means um, distressed or embarrassed by feelings of guilt or uh, feelings or foolishness or disgrace. Let me go back here. It says, In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. But never let me be ashamed. In your, in your righteousness, deliver me. Psalms 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Horn of salvation. It means the force used to push, to scatter, and to destroy Israel's enemies and save them from harm. And, of course, when you read about Israel is, a type and shadow of the church uh, It's uh, Israel is a picture of God's people But it's a type and shadow also of the believer Psalms 18.30 says As for God, his way is blameless The word of the Lord is tried He's a shield to those who take refuge in him And it's a choice We have to take refuge in God Psalms 18.2 says The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalms 1830 says, as for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Psalm 3119 says, how great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who who fear you. And of course, we know those who fear the Lord turn away from evil. Not a demonic fear, not a terrorizing fear, but a fear that uh, causes us to turn away from evil. If you grew up being afraid of your parents or being afraid of authority, then you have a tendency to have a terrorizing fear of God that causes you to run away from God. But the true fear of God causes you to turn away from evil and run to God. It says, so he's a sheep. He's uh, his goodness he stored up for those who who put the, who fear him, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in refuge in you before the sons of men. Psalm thirty four eight says, O taste, that means experience and know that God's good. O taste and see that the Lord is good. He blesses those who take refuge in him. Do you want God's blessings? You have to take refuge in him. Psalm 34, the Lord redeems the soul of his servant and one of those and none of those who take refuge in him will be ashamed, they'll be condemned, which means found guilty. Psalm 36, 7, how precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. You know, there's a the shadow of death. And there's also the shadow of the Almighty. And when we're in God's refuge, we take refuge under the shadow of his wings, which is the shadow of the Almighty. In Psalms 91, it says, he will cover you with his pinions or like his wings. Psalm 37:40 says, the Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. You know, some of you are, having all kinds of problems because you're trying to trust yourself. And, you know, if you grew up and mom and dad didn't protect you, then you're trying to trust yourself now, and you believe the lie that God's not going to protect you, that he's not a refuge. So there's lots of daddy-mother issues that we have to deal with in order to be able to have the revelation of God being our refuge. Because if your parents don't love you or don't protect you, you don't think God does until you get delivered or you get healed. You know your 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 head may say yeah you know God's my refuge but in my heart no oh no he's like mom and dad they don't protect me but God's nothing like our parents and so in order to experience God's refuge you have to forgive your parents for not being your refuge Psalms 46 1 says God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble Psalms 55 Eight says, "I would hasten to my place of refuge from the from the stormy wind and tempest, And a tempest is like a, a a whirlwind or like a hurricane. So when there's a storm in your life, you know, I look back in the the. And of course, I grew up protected, so it's easy for me to believe God will protect me. But all the things I've gone through in my." uh Eighty almost 81 years, the things I've gone through, God always um, was real to me and no matter what I went through, I always knew that he was there to protect me. And that's partially because um, I had a mom and dad that always protected me. And if you didn't, this is not to say ha-ha, I had a good mom and dad, but this is to cause you to see why you have fear or why you don't believe God's going to do certain things because your parents model for you a picture of what God's like. And he's nothing like our parents, but we receive a lie that he is. Proverbs 18:10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and are safe. And at my seminars, when I'm, when I have people live, I always have them run into God's refuge it's a spiritual place. It's more real than the room you're sitting in. Or you're, uh, if you're driving in a car, more, or if you're in a building, it's more real than the building you're in. Psalm 57.1 says, Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you, and, the shadow, and in the shadow of your wings I will take refuge until destruction, ruin, devastation passes by. And of course, destruction is to be like in a place of being annihilated. Psalm fifty nine sixteen says, But as for me I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I will shout joyfully, I will sing joyfully of your loving kindness in the morning, for you have been my stronghold and refuge in the day of my distress. Psalm sixty one thirteen says. I'm sorry, 61.3 says, For you have been a refuge to me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Psalm 61.4 says, Let me dwell in your tent forever, for I take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Psalm 62.7 says, On God my salvation and glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. I want to ask you a question today. Is your refuge in God or is your refuge in something else? You know, people make re- they make a refuge out of I used to be addicted to diet pills and that was a refuge for me. I was addicted to caffeine and that was a refuge to me. It's all idolatry, is all it is. Uh, when we trust ourselves, we make ourselves a refuge. And that's idolatry, trusting self. God wants us to be to the place where we totally, totally trust Him. Psalm sixty-two eight says, "Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us." So pour in your heart, ho- it's okay to pour out your heart to the Lord. Psalm sixty-four ten. The righteous man will be glad in the Lord. And will take refuge in him and all the upright of heart will glory. And the word glory means brilliance. It means radiant beauty. And it's used as a, a glowing light that uh, appears around the his holy people like a halo. And, of course, you can't see it in the physical realm. You can't see the a glory. Um, but. In the spirit realm, you can see it. And, of course, I've seen people that love Jesus so much. I had a friend that died about four years ago, and you could actually see the glory of the Lord on her. She had a radiant beauty about her. I mean, she sparkled because of all the time she spent with the Lord. Psalms seventy-one seven, I have become a marvel to many. That means I've become a wonder to many for you ...are my strong refuge. Psalm 73 verse 28 says, "...but as for God, but as for me, the nearness of my God is good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works." Psalm ninety four twenty two says, "...but the Lord has been my stronghold, and my God is the rock of my refuge." Psalm 118 verse 8 says it is better to take refuge in the Lord than trust in man. You know it says in Psalm it says in Jeremiah 17:5 cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes strength his makes flesh his arm. It goes on to say that when we trust our flesh we're like a salt waste and of course a salt waste doesn't produce anything. There's no fruitfulness in a salt waste. Then it goes on and talks about a person that puts his trust in the Lord. He's like a, um, uh, I think it's, I'm not sure, but I think it's like, anyway, he's cool. Just read that. I encourage you. I should have looked it up. But read Psalms, um, read Jeremiah 17, that whole chapter, Jeremiah 17. Psalms 118 verse 9 says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Psalms 141.18 says, For my eyes are toward you, O God, the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. That means leave me helpless because my eyes are on you. This could be another reason for eye problems. My eyes have been upon the Lord or my That's my forefathers, their eyes weren't on the Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Psalms 142, verse 5 says, I cried out to the Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Psalms 143, 9 says, deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I I take refuge in you. Psalms 144.2 says my loving kindness means mercy of God toward us. That's what loving kindness means. God has mercy toward us. My loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. Proverbs 14.26 says the fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord, there's a strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. See how important it is that we as parents make God our refuge so that our children will have a refuge. Proverbs 14:32 says, The wicked is thrust down by his wrongdoing, but the righteous has a refuge when he dies. Isaiah 4, 4 says, when, the Lord, was, when the, the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, that means when he's cleansed the church and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem, of the church, from its midst by the spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning. So that's to how God uses our trials to purify us. Isaiah 4, 5 says, after God purifies us, it says, then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion, that's God's holy hill, His presence, and over His assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory will be like a, His glory will be like a canopy. Isaiah four six. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and a refuge and a protection from the storm and the rain. For you have been a defense to the helpless and a, and a defense to the needy in distress. A refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat, for the breath of the, of the ruthless is like a rainstorm against a wall now that's the scripture that i said when you're in god's refuge the breath of the ruthless is like a rainstorm against a wall can't get to you isaiah 33:16. he he will dwell on the height his refuge will be the impen in pentacle rock can you say that word his bread will be given to him his water will be sure Joel 3.16 For the Lord roars from Zion That's from his holy place And utters his voice from Jerusalem And the heavens and the earth tremble But the Lord is a refuge for his people And a stronghold to the sons of Israel Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 For the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. In uh, Deuteronomy, it talks about when we make um, connected to the false vine, you know, he's the true vine, that the enemy knows when we are trusting something else, and we're vulnerable to be attacked when we're not under God's refuge. Zephaniah 3.12 says, But I will leave among you a humble and lowly people, and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. You see, it takes humility when I'm trusting myself, or trusting another person, or trusting something else. That's pride. Psalm 32, 7 says, you're my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalm 17, 8 says, keep me, and these are good prayers to pray. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings.
1: Psalms
0: 27, 5. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In his secret place he, of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up upon a rock. Psalm 64:2. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity. Proverbs ten twenty nine says, "The way of the Lord is a strong stronghold to the upright, but ruin to the workers of iniquity." And here are some of the consequences of not being in God's refuge, which is idolatry. That means I'm making something else a refuge. I'm trusting something else, a substance, or I'm t- trusting a person, or I'm letting somebody control me. I'm not talking about God wants us to submit to authority, but control is witchcraft. You know, there's people that live out the dreams of other people. There's people that let are so controlled that they they live out the life of the controller rather than the life of what Jesus has for them. And so here's some of the consequences of making something else your Refuge. Psalm fifty two, seven says, Behold a man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and was a strong and was strong in his evil desire. Isaiah seventeen ten says, For you have forgotten the God of your for you for you have forgotten the God of your salvation and have not remembered the rock of your Refuge therefore You plant delightful Plants and set Them with the vine slips Of a strange god Isaiah 28:15 Says because you said We've made a covenant with death And with Sheol we've made a pact The overwhelming scourge will Not reach us when it passes by For we have made falsehood our Refuge and we have concealed ourselves with deception. God says, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. The hell will sweep away the refuge of life and the waters will overflow the secret place. You know, my son, because he lived a homosexual lifestyle, he made sexual sin his refuge. That's what he was seeking for acceptance and for love in all the wrong places and he made falsehood his refuge and some of you who are listening in right now you've made other things falsehood your refuge and you know what it's going to take it's going to take with my son it took the dreaded disease of AIDS to sweep away the lies and he's born again he was born again and he's in heaven right now and I'll see him again So God disciplines every son whom he loves. And if you're making something else a refuge, he will discipline you in that area. The scripture says that the folly of a fool is his discipline. So wherever your folly is will be your discipline. Isaiah 30 verse 2 says, talking about a person who proceeds down to Egypt, which is going down to the world without consulting me, God says, and he takes refuge in the safety of Pharaoh. And seeks the shelter of the shadow of Egypt, which is the shadow of death versus the shadow of the Almighty. God says, Isaiah 57, 3 says, when you, when you cry out, let your collections of idols deliver you. But the wind will carry all of them away. and a breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me, God says, will inherit the land and will possess my holy mountain, which is the place of his presence. Jeremiah sixteen nineteen says, The Lord is my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in the day of distress. To you the nations will come from the ends of the earth, and say, Our fathers, our fathers have inherited nothing but falsehood, futility, and things without profit. Jeremiah 46 5. Why have I seen it? They are terrified. They are. Drawing back, and their mighty men are defeated and have taken refuge in flight. In other words, running can be your refuge. But we don't have to run when God is our refuge. Without turning back, terror on every side, declares the Lord. Nahum 311, you too will become drunk. And, of course, spiritual drunkenness is a picture of judgment in the word of God on spiritual adultery. You know, when you – it's in fact, I've done teachings on drunkenness, and you can go online and find it. But um, God says when we have idols, we become drunk. It's a picture of spiritual harlotry, spiritual adultery. We pray a prayer to receive Jesus, and our heart goes after other lovers. Then God turns us over to a spirit of drunkenness, and you see it poured out at the church. And it's really in in churches all over. And it's really a judgment. It's not, um, it's not a blessing. He says, you too will become drunk. You will be hidden. You too will search for a refuge from the enemy. All your fortifications, everything you're trusting in, are like fig trees with ripe fruit. When shaken, they fall into the eater's mouth. You know, in First um, Peter 5, 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, which means drink down, gulp down, and swallow up. And so he's telling us that when we make something else our refuge, we're like the first ripe fig of summer. When somebody sees a fig, they usually pop it in their mouth. So God's saying that if you make something else your refuge, this is all your fortifications, all your refuges are are. are, Like fig trees with ripe fruit When shaken it falls into the eater's mouth And of course in this case The eater is the devil Deuteronomy 32 verse 8 says Speaking of God's people Who ate the fat of their Sacrifices and drank the Wine of their libations Let them rise up and help you Let them be your hiding place In other words he's saying let your idols Be your hiding place and really, that's a place of distress. You know, the fact that God uh, is our refuge doesn't mean that we never have a problem. We never have uh, any danger. We're never threatened. It doesn't mean that um, harm will never fall the believer. But when we're in God's refuge, nothing can happen to us unless God allows it. And the scripture says he won't put more. <laughs> it says that he God knows how much you can take. He's not going to destroy you. My old grandmother used to say, honey, God's grace is sufficient. He'll never put more on you than you can take. And so whenever you do go through trials, knowing that nothing can happen unless God allows it, you can be in God's refuge. And as I shared earlier in, in Labor Day of 2019, uh, I woke up from a nap and uh, I had a big problem. And um and I was totally yielded to the Lord. But I can tell you that God has used that to make me even more yielded to the Lord. When I was 100% as much as I knew how humanly to be uh, yielded to him, I was yielded to him. And, but now God, for what he's shown me, he's taken me into a deeper walk with him. And so that's how I can count it all joy, even though it's not been an easy thing to go through. And so many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Bible says God delivers us from them all. And John, Jesus said that He said, "In the world you'll have tribulation; but be of good cheer." He said, "I've overcome the world, because I've overcome, you can overcome." And it says the, there's another scripture in Psalms that says, "The scepter of wickedness will not land on the will not fall on the land of the righteous." And so God knows how much we can take, and He uses suffering to purify us, to bring about uh, more of us being more conformed into the image of Christ. And, you know, the Apostle Paul suffered because of ministry. In Second Corinthians 4, 7, it says that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, which is Christ in all of us that, that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be from God and not from ourselves. In other words, we have Christ in us, that our power not be from us, but but be uh, of God. Second Corinthians four eight says, "But we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed and not despairing. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down and not destroyed." And now, how could Paul say that he was? Um, uh, let me back up here. How could he? How could he say? That he was, pers- that he was uh, afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. All, and he said, and this is how, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, in other words, dying to his flesh, so that the life of Jesus also might be manifested in our mortal body. And that word manifest means made actual Exposed to view. In other words, when I'm dead, the character and nature of Jesus comes through, and Jesus' glory comes through, and he's manifested in my body. And and when that happens, the glory of God can be on my countenance because Jesus Christ is shining through me. 2 Corinthians 4.11 says, For we who live are consistent, that's us, are constantly being delivered over to death. That's denying ourselves for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. If I if I would be teaching you right now, and, and, and Jesus is the teacher, but if I was alive to my flesh, I'm not talking about being perfect because there's no human perfect. We won't be perfect till we get to heaven. But I mean, as much as I know I'm dead to myself, and when I'm dead to myself, I'm working life in you, but if I was alive to myself, living in sin, living after my flesh, I'd be working death in you. So Paul saying the key was dying to his flesh so that Jesus would be manifested through his mortal flesh. And because death was working in him, he was working life in us. Hallelujah. Paul certainly was not perfect but he was victorious in all that he went through because he lived the crucified life. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but it won't overcome us because we're protected in God's refuge. It's a refining thing. At the same time, we can be comforted by the fact that whatever danger or harm comes upon us It's under God's sovereign control. Now, people that are not living under God's refuge, they just have one problem after the other because they're not living under God's refuge. And nothing can touch a surrendered believer unless God allows it. And when he allows it, it's always for a good purpose. You know, in the book of Job, the Bible says that Job was the most righteous man that lived upon the earth. A lot of people teach that he was perfect. He was not perfect. He had so many things wrong with him, but he was the most righteous man that lived upon the earth. And God said in Job 1.12, it says, Then the Lord God said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. And you can read all through the book of Job. Job never once said the devil Did this or the devil did that Or I'm being attacked by the devil He was but he never said it He said God has loosed his bowstring On me he's run upon me With his troops and you can read The whole book of Job at the very end His wife said curse God and die At the very end God gives him a Revelation of pride in Job uh, Job 41 Job 42 He says you know My ears have heard of you now as I see it, and he said, I humble myself in sackcloth and ashes. So Job had pride. Let me just tell you, we all are full of pride. Pride's like an iceberg that we can saw it off at the water's edge and some more floats up. And Jesus died at Calvary to get the devil out of us, and sanctification is a process that we all have to go through. But whatever we go through, if we're submitted as submitted to God as we know how to be, God— Nothing can touch you lest God allows it, and he allows it for a reason. I mean, I've gone through a lot of things. I've had, um, I've had two husbands leave me. I had a husband leave me for my sec- for his secretary. I had another husband that left me three times in 10 years, um, just not a happy person, and he's no longer here in this world. God allowed him to be taken out in 1997. I've had a son die of AIDS. I've lost my mother and my fa- father. In fact, I have so many of my dear, dear friends. You know, when you're 81 years old, almost 81, you've got a lot of friends in heaven. And so um, God gave me a song, this world is coming to an end, but but I found my home, a mansion up in heaven where the streets are purest gold. Loved ones gone before me, saints gathered at his thrones, shouting, glory, hallelujah. I bow before your throne. Hallelujah. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and die is gain. And he said, I'm going to bring my flesh into subjection, lest I be a castaway. So if Paul has had to bring his flesh into subjection, you and I do too. In Matthew 10, verse 29 to 31, it says, are not two sparrows sold? For a cent And yet not one of them Will fall to the ground Apart from your father But the very hairs Of your head are numbered Matthew 10 31 Do not fear your more value than many sparrows And so he doesn't Allow us to be tempted Above what we're able to bear But he says that he will with the temptation Make a way to escape That we might be able to bear it Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. The fact that God uses trials and temptations um, of this life to build our character and to bring us into spiritual maturity. It's a part of the sanctification process. Everything, everything, everything works together for good to those that love the Lord, to the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed into the image of his son. So everything God allows is for your good and for your sanctification. And the scripture says without sanctification, no man will see God. And by asking the Lord to be your refuge, you are in a place of trust. And you can be assured that nothing can happen to you unless God allows it. So I can say hallelujah to that. And many of you did not grow up being protected. So you, if I were making a suggestion to you, I would tell you to, to just at, go before God and ask him for the truth that sets you free. Ask him to show you the negative characteristics of your earthly parents And forgive them for each one separately. Don't just say, I forgive them for all these things. Say, I forgive my dad for not protecting me. I forgive my parents for for a divorce. I forgive them for this. I forgive them for that. Then renounce the lie that you believe that God is just like your mother and father. And forgive your parents because that's very important in removing all the blockages to having the revelation that God is your refuge. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Psalms 46 says, I'll not fear, though the earth should change and through the mountains should fall into the heart of the sea, for the Lord is my refuge. And so um, just ask the Lord to show you what you need to repent of, and I'll pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the confidence that we have in you. I thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are our refuge, our stronghold, our defense, our fortress. I praise you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, and every tongue that accuses us in judgment is condemned. I thank you that the scepter of wickedness will not rest upon the land of the righteous. I thank you, Lord, that you're our refuge, you're our asylum, you're our safe place, you're our hiding place. Lord, you are um, our buckler. You're our shield. Lord, you hide us from the storms of life. Lord, we have to go through storms, but but we have your grace to go through them. Thank you that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you, Lord, that you're our refuge and our fortress, and we trust you. Forgive us, Lord, for trusting ourselves. We forgive our mothers and fathers that they never could get the victory. Therefore, we believe a lie that you aren't victorious. We forgive them, Lord, that they uh, did not love us or protect us or watch over us, uh, that they were not safe. But, Lord, thank you that you're our safe place. You're our hiding place. Lord, you're our fortress, our God your shield forgive us for not walking uprightly forgive us for not dying to our flesh forgive us for thinking that you are like our mothers and fathers that you won't protect us and Lord we repent your name is a strong tower the righteous can run into it and are safe and Lord we run into your refuge and I encourage you to run into God's refuge even though you can't see it just run into it. Show me, Lord, all the places where the enemy is shouting triumph over me, all the places you're not pleased. I take refuge in you, and I thank you that I won't be condemned. Lord, I want to dwell in your secret place. I ask you to preserve me, God, for I take refuge in you. Thank you for your loving kindness. Guard my soul and deliver me, Lord. Do not let me be ashamed. Thank you that your word is truth, that is tested. That you're a shield of those who take refuge in you. Thank you that I'll never be condemned because uh, I've made you my refuge. I'll never be ashamed because I make you my refuge. If you're not born again. Um, if you just pray to prayer, but you don't have assurance that you're born again, you need to be born again, because but the Bible says that until you're born again, you're owned by Satan, You're, but you want to be God's possession, and salvation is more than just giving a head knowledge. The devil and demons believe, but being born again means what's in your head has got down and changed your heart and Giving you a new heart. You know, if you've been born again, you can't explain it. If you doubt your salvation, you need to yield your life 100% to Jesus right now, and make Him your Savior, your Lord, your Master, your boss. Without denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Him, there's no salvation. You've got to forgive everyone who's hurt you. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven but turn from your sin and make Jesus the Lord and master of your life and call on him to be God, to be your refuge, the horn of your salvation. Thank you that your word is tried and your shield to all those who take refuge in you. Thank you, Lord. You're our rock, our refuge, our shield, the horn of our salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you're not a man, that you should lie, that your word is truth. Lord, I want to taste. Your goodness, I want to experience how good you are, because you said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, I I take refuge in you. Thank you that you redeem the soul of your servants. Thank you that you will not let me be tempted above what I'm able to bear, but but, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that I may be able to bear it. Lord, you're a loving and kind God. You're merciful to me, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you that you help me and you deliver me from the wicked who are out to get me. Thank you, Lord. I pray that my ways will please you so that even my enemies will be at peace with me. Lord, you're my strength, my fortress, my God. You deliver me, Lord, from the hurricane and the whirlwind and the tempest and the storm. Thank you for being gracious to me, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer to you my members, Lord. Pray with me. As instruments of righteousness, I give you my will, Lord, that your will might prevail. Lord, show me everything about my life that you don't like and purge it out of me in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that when I'm in your refuge that I don't have to fear all the evil that's here in this world because you are the one that guards me as the apple of your eye. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out. The word spirit means breath in Jesus' name. Lord, fill them with your mighty power, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And uh, I'm just going to wait a little while and tell you a little bit about the ministry. And if anybody wants prayer, you can you can call us at uh, 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. And you don't have to give your name. You don't have to be ashamed or you don't even have to give your name if If it's an embarrassing situation, I encourage you to email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And that's g-e-r-i-m-c-g-h-e-e at sbcglobal.net. I love to hear what God has done. Some of you um, email me from time to time, and I'm always blessed to hear what God has done. But I encourage you to listen in the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Invite your friends to listen. Uh, You know, Abiding Life Ministries was founded in 1978 by my late husband. And uh, it's a ministry of deliverance and inner healing. Preaching the gospel. I have meetings. uh, I was having them in Duncanville, Texas, but as of January 2020, Uh, They'll be now in in Corsicana, Texas, and if you'll go to my website, which is gerrymcgee.com, that's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and sign up for email, or just email me, and I'll put you on my email list, and I send out flyers of where I'm going to be. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp February the 21st to the 23rd of 2020. And I'll be at the Spiritual Warfare International Spiritual Warfare Conference in Beaumont, Texas, um, March the 12th through the 15th. And um, let me see if there's anything else. Um, also, if you'd like a meeting scheduled in your area, if you'll contact me, I'll be happy to come. I don't, I don't go over internationally. I feel like there's enough people in America that need help. But those of you who are listening internationally, you can go to my website and jerrymcgee.com, all lowercase. And it's G like George, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. And there's just hundreds of uh, free CDs you can listen to. There's articles you can print out. There's um, my son's testimony made 13 days before he died of AIDS. In 1989 You can listen to that Sign up for my email Um, There's a little repentance book I've I've done called Clearing the Land You can actually get deliverance Just going through that book There's uh, curses All the curses that are listed in the Bible are in it There's prayers to pray So I encourage you To order Clearing the Land Uh, It helps the ministry Um, Also, uh, there's a book, a little book I wrote called um, Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns, one I wrote on grief. And um, again, I appreciate you listening in. I hope you'll listen in each uh, first and third Tuesdays of the month. I appreciate those of you who give to the ministry, uh, to Dorothy Carruthers. Dorothy Carruthers' email is... D for Dorothy D churchy One at hotmail.com And my email Address is Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net And our address is Post office box 1141 Lindale, Texas And so I guess that's all And so I hope hope You'll listen in again May the Lord bless you and keep you And make his face shine upon you and give you more peace.